0: This is what we know about the offensive line, even after Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Art Rooney, everyone associated with this franchise spoke over the past few days. All we know is that they still like chooks. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. There's a lot to sort out with what clearly is the Steelers' greatest shortcoming. And pretty much all that we got from everyone involved was that they're happy to sort it out if there's any definitive specific plan or even a a goal for how this line should shake out it didn't come across in any of these various interviews again here's what came out of it for sure They still like Chooks. Here's Tomlin. You know, he's youthful and experienced, and I think, you know, that's what's exciting. This is a guy that's been a a multiple-year starter for us, yet and still he's only 24 years old. I think it's reasonable to expect him to continue to grow and get better. I know he brings that business approach, and those are some of the reasons why we're excited about continuing to do business with him. Well, I sure hope they like Chooks for all the money they gave him, nearly $30 million over the next three years for someone they themselves deemed as being inferior to a player they just cut in Zach Banner. And yes, I understand health considerations and everything else. I'm just throwing that in there just to be, you know, devilish. But there's a lot of question marks, believe it or not, a lot bigger than whether or not Chooks is going to live up to all that money. Because as you try to align these players, you pretty much come up with a couple of tackles and then, um... And they seem okay with that. Dan Moore on the left, Chooks on the right, and in the middle, through the three interior positions, you're looking at some combination of James Daniels, who will play because he also got a boatload of money Mason Cole who will play because he also got a boatload of money and then either Kendrick Green or Kevin Dotson neither of whom has a boatload of money but both of whom are draft picks and young and you'd think that they're not ready to discard either one of them just yet but here's the thing Tomlin and Colbert both acknowledged that they don't currently have a center in mind. Now, again, behind the scenes, they might be saying something completely different. But up front, which does matter because it sets up the way training camp battles are staged, they claim not to have a center. Colbert went so far as to suggest that the reason that they pursued both Daniels and Cole as hard as they did was they loved the fact that either one of them could play that position. And in fact, both at various points in their playing careers, not just professionally, have been centers, have been natural centers, much more so than Green. So in a way, it's kind of funny, but it reminds you a little bit of the approach that they're taking to quarterback, right? Let's just get a million guys who can play the position and go from there. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, I mentioned four of these offensive linemen that it's reasonably easy to predict that they'll be starters. And the fifth position comes down to Green or Dotson. That to me is where this becomes a scenario where I don't see how green wins out. I really don't. Not that I'm all enamored by Dotson, as a lot of you will know. I reported last summer to the guffaws of some at the time that management had been displeased with Dotson's off season preparation. And I guess a lot of people just thought I was referring to conditioning. Dude shows up all chiseled. It had nothing to do with conditioning. It's all different types of preparation that you have to go through in advance of an NFL season. And doubly so if you're a younger player and you're still learning stuff. You're still learning an NFL playbook. You're still learning NFL opponents. You don't have a, uh, some internal read on how to handle a specific opponent within the division. And it's also not like I'm exactly enamored with Green either. All I did through last season was call for him to be, I don't know, jettisoned off the roster for all I cared with what was happening to him at the center position. And it wasn't until J.C. Hassenauer came in and did at least an adequate job there that you saw anything remotely resembling adequate center play. But you don't bring in these two guys who can play center and acknowledge afterward that you're going to give them this much money in part because they'd offer you that option And then say, you know what? We're just going to stick with Green at center. We really liked the way he got pancaked again and again. we especially liked those times when he got up and blocked air. Those were our favorite plays. So we're going to keep him there. And you guys that are getting all the money, you can just kind of duke it out at guard. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. This is going to come down to Green versus Dotson at, in all likelihood, left guard. And as such, please convince me somehow that Dotson, who is at least a brute of a human, he's enormous, he's really strong. We saw that not last season so much, but the year before when he was first put in there. Do you remember for Matt Feiler when Filer went down? He was knocking guys five, six, seven yards Off the line of scrimmage, it was a blast to watch. He was actually a breath of fresh air. If Dotson's issue is a lack of prep, you know, that's what coaches are for. Figure it out. You can't coach someone into being big and strong. You really have a hard time coaching someone into avoiding getting overwhelmed and knocked backward the way Green was. Again, I'm not exactly a Dotson backer here, but I think he's going to end up having the edge. Then again, who knows if they're even done? You know, after all this and after everything we saw in 2021, what could possibly be seen as enough in that particular room? When we come back, just one question. Back time for J1Q, and today's comes from Rich, who asks, could Tomlin's legacy be tied to this decision on a quarterback? Yes, he's been very successful in the regular season, but you can't say that in the playoffs in recent memory with a franchise QB. You can't afford to lay an egg on the QB in this draft or next, as you've said on the show, because that could spell success, or disaster for the next five or ten years. Plus, he's never been in a position to develop a quarterback since he came into one at the start of his tenure. Rich, if you wanted to say all that, just to say that Tomlin won with cowers players like every other person ever has, just say it, man. Just say it. What are you holding back for? That's that's. I'm not being mean here, but... That's all you did. His legacy is his legacy. It's not going to be based on whether or not an outgoing GM chooses or finds the right quarterback in the draft to throw into a pool of four of them. And I I get it. And I say this a lot on this show. I get that people are exasperated by the lack of playoff success that you cited. But I'm of the belief that an occasional or sporadic playoff success in that same span wouldn't have changed the mind of a single individual who subscribes to the theory that Tomlin won with Cowers players. It's Beyond preposterous. Tomlin won a Super Bowl. Yes, the players were the combination of Colbert and Cower from back then. There was a ton of talent at hand. There was a franchise QB at hand. There was a DPOY on the other side of the football. There was a legend. At defensive coordinator. There was a lot going on with that team. The one that won in 2009 against the Cardinals. But it's the head coach who still has to take that team through, I'll borrow one of Tomlin's own favorite terms here, the journey to get them from the first day at St. Vincent College to that final day, and to that final play that Ben made to Santonio Holmes. There's a ton of stuff that has to happen. Trying to take credit away from him for that, or I've even seen, heard, and read people try it with later successes when the Steelers returned to the Super Bowl and lost to Green Bay, when the Steelers made it back to conference championship games if you're really inclined to draw some sort of either parallels or distinctions between Cower and Tomlin, I'm going to give you one name here that really should end this sort of dialogue. Tom Brady. I am so very firmly of the belief that if it weren't for Brady Belichick and all of their various gronks and receivers and whatever else they had, their Edelmans, that the Steelers would have been, should have been, a lot more successful in the playoffs over the past decade than what they were. Does that count for anything? Heck no, it doesn't. It's sports. You either win or you lose. And the Steelers have not been a good playoff team or even a playoff team for way too many recent years. But this cowers players thing. I mean, this was ridiculous at the very beginning and only got worse. And to throw this my way, uh, how many years later? Come on. You know, really? Maybe now that Ben's gone, we can finally have a different discussion. Uh, on this subject. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't I don't make a habit of going after anybody asking a J1Q, but this one this one kind of rubs me the wrong way. I do appreciate the question. I do appreciate your listening. I appreciate everyone who submits a J1Q and who listens. And we will do another one of these tomorrow.